Tell of all his wondrous works. Tell of all his wonders. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Hi guys, this is Wonderful to Tell, and I'm Tracy Conrad. Before we start this episode, I need to warn you that there's more background noise than usual. You'll likely hear babbling, squealing, and banging, and if you listen closely, you might be able to hear the pitter-patter of little feet sprinkled throughout the recording. You see, this episode is about adoption, and we were blessed with three special guests, Jubilee, Eleanor, and Daisy, all below the age of two. You might also notice a lack of audience interaction and reaction as our adult audience members were being extra quiet during Cole and Lindsay's story for fear of startling or encouraging more noises from the toddlers. I do wish you could have been here, though, as there were smiles on the faces of everyone watching big sister Eleanor, who at one year old was busy hugging, feeding, and kissing her own little baby doll mimicking the nurturing care she's received and observed from her own loving mom and dad. Watching these little ones reminded me of this passage from Luke eighteen fifteen through 17. It says, They were bringing even infants to Jesus that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Here's an honest look at the adoption process told by our friends Cole and Lindsay Armerding. My name's Cole. Uh, My wife Lindsay and I got married about four years ago and we lived in Fort Worth that amount of time. Um, We're going to tell a story tonight about our adoption process. Um, There you go. You can hear our adopted child. This is Daisy. Um, We've been in the adoption process for over two years. Um, before we got Daisy, we started, um, Lindsay started before we were even married saying, I want to adopt. And if you're not going to want to do that, then this isn't going to work. And I said, well, I do. So that's, that's good. We can check that box. But I think it was about a month after we were married, Lindsay said, okay, can we start researching? And I was like, I didn't know you wanted to start that soon, but okay. Um, and we started researching and initially we were planning on adopting internationally, But through our research and conversations with other people, we started to learn that international adoption scene is changing a lot. It's becoming more difficult to adopt internationally, and a lot of countries that have been uh, open are now closed, and and there's also a waiting period. So you have to be married for two whole years before you can even start applying to adopt from China, for instance. So we said, well, we should consider, consider domestic adoption. So we started looking around and had some friends at church who uh, had, we knew had adopted because they were white and they had a, a black baby. So we're like, well, we should talk to them. So we went and, and found them and they told us about the, this organization called Faithful Adoption Consultants. And um, they're a consulting firm. They're not an agency. Um, but they help connect adoptive families with a bunch of different agencies all over the country um, and therefore kind of cut down on the waiting time that you have um, once you apply to to adopt. So we applied to them in, I think, the summer of 2016. Is that right? You're checking me? So... um, And then we got approved by them, so we told our families we're going to be adopting... 
Um, we had to do a ton of paperwork and that, so that kind of fast, we can fast forward to early 2017, we were active, quote unquote. Um, and then therefore that meant we started getting cases sent to us. We also had to fundraise. Yes. So the fall was a bunch of fundraising. Why don't you talk about a little bit about fundraising and what Um, we did? Well, going through faithful adoption consultants on average, um, cases range anywhere from 30 ish thousand to 50 plus thousand, which is insane. Um, so we kind of, our goal was like somewhere in the middle. And so we started fundraising and it was a lot of work. Um, we did garage sale. Um, we had friends do like a poker night. We sold t-shirts. I sold some photography. Uh, we, what else did we do that fall? Oh, I did, um, a sticky note fundraiser, which is what was recommended to us. So um, I did a dessert night, and then on we did Facebook Live event. And the sticky note fundraiser is basically you number um, sticky notes one to to be one hundred. Yeah. And if all of those sticky notes are claimed, where people say I want the number two sticky note, and they donate two dollars, or I want the fifty sticky note, and they donate fifty dollars. So if all of those were to be claimed, then that would raise five over five thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, and then like if you do one to one fifty, that's like close to eleven thousand yeah, dollars. So it it's almost. a great way to fundraise. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably like our most successful fundraisers. We did multiple yeah. um, sticky note fundraisers, and yeah, so we we began the fundraising and the, yeah. the paperwork and became active in yeah. the spring, early twenty seventeen, and then I think it was. Uh, we got a bunch of cases and it said yes. The way it works is you get cases um, presented to you and then you choose, yes, we want to be considered as adoptive families. And then they'll take a bunch of profiles to that adoptive, to, to the birth mother and let her choose which family she wants to adopt with. Um, so we had put our name in the hat several times, but weren't getting chosen. And that was disappointing. But then in April... Uh, we were chosen by a birth mother, and uh, we got got to go and meet her in April, and um, she was due in May. May. Yeah, in late May, um, but then uh, her baby came two weeks early, so uh, she was in Texas, so we jumped in the car and drove to where she was, and we're there at the hospital. We had a room that was just down the hall from her room where she was having the baby, and we got to sit outside the room when this baby boy was born and, um, we were there for two days. Um, the way it works in Texas is there's a 48 hour waiting period after the baby's born, the birth mom has 48 hours and then she needs to make a decision. She signs or, you know, whatnot. So, uh, we got to that the morning. It was the morning, uh, a couple days after he had been born and, um, and the birth mother just was delaying, delaying, delaying. And then she, she changed her mind. She decided to not to place with us, but to keep the baby. And we were completely floored by this. We were, it was completely unexpected. None of the people in the agency who had been working with us, they said, this is, we had no idea this was going to happen. Her mother had come in the night before and told us her mom was, she was only 16, so her mom was very involved and her mom had come in the night before and said, I'm 99% sure you have nothing to worry about and all that. 
So it was a very, very, very hard time. And we had been for caring for him yeah, while we were at the hospital. Yeah, we've been taking care of him for like most of those two days. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was one of the worst things we've ever been through for sure. Um, but uh, and we were pregnant. At that the was time. your thing. We were <laughs> pregnant. I, I forgot to mention that we found out we were pregnant in January of of 2017 of with Eleanor. Mm-hmm. And so we knew we were going to have two babies that were very young, uh, but just didn't 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 work out. So we stayed in the process and stayed active for a few more months. But then we got to was it July that we decided we weren't going to take anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we decided no. At the end of June, we're going to press pause. And thankfully, our faithful adoption adoption consultants they let you do that. So we just pressed pause and. And then um, kept fundraising because we still needed more funds because we lost about $12,000 um, with the failed adoption because those fees had already been paid. Um, that's how it works. It's, uh, it's not ideal, but it's part of the risk that you, um, that you accept when you're, when you're adopting. So we had to raise a bunch more money. And so, yeah, we waited until Eleanor was, I think we waited until the end of 2017 and beginning of 2018. We said, all right, we want to go active again. So we jumped back in. We started getting more cases. And this is the cool part of the story that we kept saying no to cases that were like later than like June that or July. That had far off due dates. Yeah. And like June or July. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, because we, we wanted to adopt sooner than later. And then we got this case for a baby that was due in, in October, early October. And we read this case about this mother. And we just, both of us, we, I remember Lindsay called me and, and she said, I feel like we need to say yes to this case. Because our heart just went out to this woman. She, she's had a very difficult life. She has other, she's had other kids, but isn't parenting either of them. Um, doesn't have really doesn't family. Doesn't have any family. Her parents are both dead, and her, she's estranged from her brother, so she doesn't have anybody, really. And um, so we decided to say yes, but, you know, it was crazy because she was due in October. So anyway, we, uh, we found out that she, she wanted to place with us, so she chose us. And we went to visit her in the summer. Um, in Florida, in Florida, flew to Florida with Eleanor and went to see her in the summer, which is, it was hot, but it was a great, um, trip. And we loved meeting her, uh, cool story about our trip. I'll just tell this one little thing. So we, um, had met with our agent, the agency there in Florida, and then we were going to go have lunch with our birth mom. And so we jumped in the car and while we were driving there, it just started pouring raining and we're in a borrowed car, um, staying in somebody's house. So we don't have umbrella or anything, you know, and we're looking around the car. Do we have an umbrella? No, no umbrella. So we get there and Lindsay was driving. So she said, just take Eleanor in and then come back out and, and get me. We did find one umbrella, mm-hmm. but we didn't have enough. So, and it was pouring. So I just jump out of the car, grab Eleanor and run inside. And I see that our you know, social worker and, and the birth mom. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And I just handed Eleanor to our birth mom. Um, that you're meeting for the that first I'm meeting time. for the first time, you know, 
Uh, and it was really cool because I think it immediately built trust between her and us. Like she saw that we trusted her. If I trusted her to do that immediately. And, um, it was great. She bonded really well with Eleanor and she's, when we talked to her, we still talk to her often. And she asks about Eleanor every time we talk to her. But yeah, anyway, late September, we found out she was going to have to deliver early. So we went back and she gave birth and. Um, when Daisy was born, she, uh, they knew that she was going to have to go to the NICU right away because she had some kidney issues. So she was there for a few days, but our birth mother signed the papers less than 24 hours after uh, Daisy was born because uh, she was in jail at the time. So, and she's actually back in jail now. So they, she basically was there to deliver the baby, and then once... Um, when she was going to be discharged from the hospital, she had to go back, to, like straight back to jail. So she was able to sign, and that was just a huge relief for us after the previous experience we'd have, where we were waiting and weren't sure, and we didn't know if we had a really good feeling meeting his birth mom after the last time. We were like, "This is a good situation." But um, anyway, so it's been a journey. Um, it was, I mean, over two two and a half years total that we from start to. Finish, and we're still not finished technically. We have to go back to Florida for finalization because mm-hmm. um, we're just she's just been placed with us right now. We don't have legal guardianship over her or something. The, the agency is technically the legal guardian right now, but they've placed her with us, and that's that's how it works. Yeah, so this whole adoption journey, um, as far as faith goes, um, like we ever since. We had the failed adoption, well, from the very beginning, but the failed adoption really um, made us, like, trust in the Lord and knowing that he has a bigger plan. And even though we don't know what's going on and we had so many emotions um, happening between us that just being able to trust in him and know that he's already gone before us in the mess and going to be there through all of this was, was really helpful for me. Um, I mean, for both of us, but that was just, it was such a traumatic experience. I mean, we didn't, we didn't necessarily like lose the child. Like he did not die, but it felt like we were, we lost him. It felt like it. Um, so just being able to go through that journey and see the Lord's presence and, and the ability to, um, trust him and, and ha- being surrounded by friends in a, a community in our church who just kept like like well this is a, a cool thing but um, I have a, a friend who I was a complete stranger to me at the very beginning of this adoption journey and she was adopted so that's a huge thing on her heart um, but she has basically kind of come alongside us through this whole adoption journey and has given what close to over three thousand over three thousand um dollars to us and she was really a complete stranger um but it's just neat to have people come alongside us i mean when when we came home after losing baby boy we had people meeting us at our house with food and unpacked our car for us and put all the baby clothes back. So it's just been a really challenging, wild experience, but also a 
good thing for our faith and our absolutely um, learning who God is really and and knowing that He cares and loves us and hears right. us and all of that. So. And I think too, our story isn't over yet. I mean, this this little girl is going to grow up, and someday she's going to come to us and she's going to ask us about her parents, mm-hmm. and um, she's going to know who her, her her yeah her her birth parents, and she, we're you know we're going to be able to tell her about her mom. Hopefully, we're going to have a relationship with her moving forward, but we don't know who her dad is. We have no idea who her dad is. And um, so it's it's good to know, I think what you're like to follow up with Lindsay saying that we've seen God provide for us in different ways throughout this entire process. And we have confidence, therefore, that when hard stuff comes down the road, when we're trying to help her to know that she's loved and so appreciated um, and valued by not just us, but by her heavenly father, that um, he'll be with us to help us with that. And he's equipped us and he will equip us for that work that he's called us to. Um, so we're thankful and we are very, I mean, one other thing that it's, it's a, a blessing is that we're going to be able to tell her, Hey, so many people. I mean, I think probably over 300 people have given to our adoption in some form or fashion. Um, and that's just, that's testimony to her. Someday we'll be able to tell her, Hey, all these people gave to help you come and, and have a home with us. So we're grateful. And we love adoption. We it's do. not for everybody, but you should do it. <laughs> Although Lindsay and Cole were heartbroken when their plans to adopt a precious baby came to an abrupt end, they trusted that God had a bigger plan. And even though they didn't know what was going on, they knew that God had gone before them in the mess. In John 16:33, Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Even when life is messy and painful, and when we don't know what's going on, He is faithful, He is trustworthy, and He has a plan. To see photos of Cole and Lindsay with their precious daughters and to find links to faithful adoption consultants, please visit our website at wonderfultotell.com. There you can also listen to and learn more about all our wonderful storytellers. And make sure you subscribe to our show so you don't miss out on any Wonderful to Tell stories. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wonderful to Tell. This episode was produced by Michael, Brad, and Tracy Conrad with the invaluable support of our crew members. Lindy, Kevin, Katie, Karen, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro, Lindy Conrad came up with our name, and Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>